Hello and welcome to the How BJJ Works podcast, the podcast where we do a deep dive and explore a concept or topic that was covered in the weekly blog post on the website. My name is Justin and I am your host. I'm a three-stripe purple belt who's been training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about seven years. This podcast is mostly targeted at newcomers to BJJ or those who are curious about the sport and would like to learn more before taking the plunge. That being said, all are welcome. And if you've been training for a while but just like to listen to people talk about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, please take a seat and stay a while. Today's podcast is what gear you need to get started in jiu-jitsu. So you have found a gym, you've tried it out, you've signed up, or maybe you're still in the process of trying it out and uh, you just want to get some gear, get a little collection going so you're prepared, you're ready to go. So first things first, you're probably going to want a gym bag. And there's a couple things to keep in mind because as you start doing more jiu-jitsu, you're going to learn that this sport is like 90% laundry. It, it's insane. And you're going to need maybe even a couple gym bags. You're going to want a couple of everything, probably, because sometimes you're going to have to clean something and you just don't have the time and it's easier to just grab another one and, and then come back into your cleaning on another day. So with the gym bag, here's a couple things you're going to look out for. You're going to Speaking of cleaning, you're going to want to make sure you can wipe it down. So if it's one of those gym bags with that smooth, plasticky feeling material, then you're going to want to be wiping that down on a semi-regular basis. Um, and some of this will depend on how you use the bags. But if, if it's not a fabric, then make sure it can be wiped down in some way. And if it is a fabric, make sure that you can wash it in some way. Man, I had these amazing bags from Five Grappling. Uh, they gave them out during a competition and I ended up with two of them, and I just threw them right in the washing machine, and it was amazing. I loved it. And uh, and after a couple of years of that, they just were so beat up that they couldn't. I had to throw them away, unfortunately. And then I remember looking. I tried to look for a bag very similar to that that I could just throw right in the wash with my clothes, with my dirty geese. And they're it's hard to find those actually. It's hard to find if somebody creates those. Let me know because I want one. I will pay really good money for that. And that would be a great product to sell to jujitsu practitioners, or really anyone who goes to the gym on a regular basis. But there's also a strategy you can do where you don't put your gi back in the gym bag when you're done with it. And this is what I do. So I have one that I wipe down occasionally. It's that kind of plasticky material that I can wipe down. But I, for the most part, I don't put my dirty clothes back in the gym bag. So you go to the gym, you put your clothes in, you change at the gym, and then when you're done, you kind of roll it all up and then loop your belt around it and kind of carry it by the belt. So you kind of make like a little dirty ghee burrito and then you carry it by, uh, you kind of loop the belt around it and you carry it like that. And then I just take that and I throw it in a laundry basket at home so that I can wash a couple at a time. Or that's usually if I get home late. If I come home at an early decent hour, then I'll put it right in the washing machine. But usually it's too late to do that. I don't want to wake anyone up in the house. So those are the two different suggestions that I have for the gym bags, either finding one you can throw right in the washing machine or finding something that you can wipe down um, or finding whatever you want as long as you're not going to be putting the, the dirty ghee back into it. That, that's the hardest part is if you're going to be putting the dirty ghee back into it because there's you don't want that that funky matte funk in your gym bag. You don't you don't want that one thing it's gonna hard it's gonna smell really bad and for another thing uh you really don't want that stuff living where you <laughs> put your clothes 
it's not a funny i shouldn't be laughing it's not funny ringworm and staff and all that stuff it's not a laughing matter it really sucks when you get it and uh this will help hopefully at least help make sure that it reduces your risk of getting it along similar lines uh you're going to want to make sure that you get flip-flops but just really quick before you move to flip-flops i just want to say if you can get a bag that also has a lot of different compartments so you don't have to put say your flip-flops right in the bag with your clothes and stuff you can like put it into a different little compartment or another little uh, slot or something uh, that will be super helpful because when you know the whole point of the flip-flops is you're gonna be walking around uh, the bathroom and in the areas where you would normally take your shoes off and you don't want to, to put that back in the bag similarly like you don't want to put your dirty gi clothes back in the bag you're not gonna to want to take off your flip-flops only to put them in there Okay, you want to try to keep that uh, clean environment as clean as possible. So moving on to flip-flops, this is a super important thing, and it, it doesn't get talked about enough for new people. It's almost like they just expect new people to know this. It drives me insane. So you need flip-flops. If you don't have them, go get them. Don't go to your next class without flip-flops, especially if you are running to the bathroom or you're changing uh, when you're at class and you're not putting your shoes back on, please don't go into the bathroom barefoot. It's, you're gonna get ringworm, it's gonna happen. And if you don't, you're gonna give it to somebody else. So what you should be doing is asking your instructor where to take your shoes off. That should probably be one of the things they tell you. Most will tell you where to take your shoes off when you enter the gym. And then when you're not wearing shoes, make sure you're wearing your flip-flops. Of course, not on the mat. Don't wear anything on the mat except potentially wrestling shoes, more on that later. But don't wear shoes or flip-flops onto the mat, of course, but when you're not wearing your shoes, put on your flip-flops, go to the bathroom, do your thing, and then take them off You know, when you get back on the mat, before you get on the mat. And this will help prevent the spread of ringworm. But if you have any questions about this, just ask your instructor or, or a peer at the gym, somebody you can talk to and just say, hey, I haven't been wearing flip-flops. Uh, should I be wearing flip-flops? Maybe you are in a different gym. Maybe you're in a situation where that's not necessary for whatever reason. I don't know all the ins and outs of where everybody's going to be training, but I just know in my experience, usually you're going to be putting on flip-flops. So ask somebody if you aren't so that you can find out if you need to be doing that. Just a quick note on the wrestling shoes. If you aren't aware of what that is, so this is a set of shoes that wrestlers will wear. It, it's kind of like a, you know, you're not supposed to wear shoes on the mat, but this is kind of the one exception. But de depending on the gym, so ask the instructor, or again, ask somebody that you trust at the gym, whether that's allowed. If you don't know what they are, you probably don't need them. Some wrestlers wear them for a variety of reasons. Uh, it gives you more grip on the mats, ankle stability. If you have troubles with your toes, some people have like, really wonky toes and they'll get caught on the mat and break their toes really easily or tweak them really easily. Uh, it can be really helpful for that for protecting your feet. A lot of guys in the jiu-jitsu world will just tape their feet if they have issues with that, but some people prefer wrestling shoes. So if that might be something you're interested in or if you come from a wrestling background, then you should probably ask about that as well before you show up with them just to make sure that's cool with the gym and, and kind of what they're all about. There's a couple standard things as well that I, you know, I just wanted to touch on real quick. The hydration, the water bottle, that's probably going to be something most people own. You probably won't have to pick up a water bottle. What I will say, though, is 
when you're first starting especially you're probably going to drink a lot of water so if you've just got one of those little 20 ounce water bottle things you might consider getting like 32 or 64 some people i see some people just show up with a water jug you know just the plastic water jugs they're like a dollar at the store you can usually just go buy one use it a few times and then buy another one recycle it some people find that more efficient <laughs> efficient way to pound their water after a hard day of rolling yeah, I get it. It's a good way to do it. Uh, I prefer the water bottle, although I probably should use the water jug because I lose stuff really easily, <laughs> and I don't even know where my water bottle is right now, so maybe I do need the, the jug. Oh, I was just looking around the room and I found it. Something that you may not have considered picking up is another set of hygiene items, so like shampoo, soap, washcloth, towel, deodorant, just something a kit that you can actually keep in your gym bag that is specific to when you're going to jujitsu so that you don't have to keep pulling stuff from your bathroom. Now this is only going to apply if there's a shower in the gym that you could use and this is something we've talked about in previous episodes before of you know something to look for in a gym hopefully they have a shower that you can maybe even shower before class and after especially if you tend to run on the sweaty side it's always nice for your training partners if you're sweating before class as well and if you are going to be showering right before and after, or even just after, it's nice to have an extra set of shampoo, soap, and all that good stuff that you can just have right in your bag, and it's always there every time. You, you know, there won't be situations where, oh, I forgot to grab it from the shower this morning when I left the house. So I'd actually recommend getting a little bag that you can keep all that in, just a little to go, something that you might take camping or, or on road trips or when you're traveling, that kind of thing. And just have it, just keep it in your gym bag. And so that might be another thing, you know, another pocket to look for in the gym bag, somewhere you can put that. And I would put my shampoo, I would get a soap case, so you can put a bar of soap in there. And just um, as a really quick note on the soap, I like the Defense Soap. It's an antibacterial soap, and supposedly it just further helps aid in the prevention of things like ringworm and, and just the mat funk that you might be picking up. So getting the, the case, getting the soap, Having a, a washcloth of some kind that you can keep in there, and then you know you want to cycle out your towels. <laughs> you obviously won't want to want to reuse the you know same towel and washcloth all the time. And then probably a bar of deodorant, so that if you are showering before class, you can apply the deodorant. Or even if you don't get to shower um, before class, you can at least put on some deodorant and help mask the smell. It's just a nice thing you can do for your training partners. And speaking of nice things that you can do for your training partners. Here's one that you probably hadn't thought of, and that is to get an extra set of toothbrush, toothpaste, floss, and mouthwash. Yes, I'm going there. <laughs> I highly suggest that you do this because you are going to be in positions where you're breathing on your opponents, and if your breath smells pretty bad, because most people don't have the opportunity to brush and floss when they're at work, right? So if you're going right from work to the gym, kind of just, uh, you know, might be nice to freshen up a little bit for your training partners. I know that's probably not going to be something that most people want to do, but I'll tell you this, even if all you do is just get a little travel-to-go thing of mouthwash and just swish it around before class and then spit it out, maybe even just walking to, to the gym. You know, you're on your way from the just keep it in your car. You're on your way, you, you pop the mouthwash, you're swishing as you're on your way walking to the gym, you just spit it out before you walk in, bam. That you're good to go. You know, that'll, that's, even if that's all you do, it'll be a very nice thing to do for your training partners. 
So now moving on to more the actual uniform. So if you're doing a gi class, then that is going to consist of the gi jacket, the gi pants, the belt, and then you're probably going to want a rash guard and compression shorts underneath that. Although those two things can be swapped out and we'll get to that later. So the first thing is when you buy a gi, it's probably going to come with the jacket and the pants together. And those are going to be different sizes. You're going to want to figure out your size. We'll probably need to do an actual podcast on that later. But I would just start with something a little on the cheaper end for now, somewhere in that $50 to $100 range. You know, say 60 to 75 That would be like a perfectly good place to start. You can spend upwards of $100 to $300 for a gi. You know, you probably don't need that when you're first starting. Just spend something reasonable. Make sure that you even you know like the sport first. I would also recommend getting a couple geese, you know, two or three, and that way you're not reliant on making sure you absolutely have to get laundry done before your next class. You can go to a couple classes and then do two geese at once. Now, keep in mind when you're buying a gi, the belt doesn't always come with the gi. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Just make sure that you verify which it does, and make sure you're washing your belts. I don't want to have to use my stern voice here. <laughs> But, but it's very important. Make sure you're washing your belts. Don't listen to that BS. Someone will undoubtedly tell you about how, you know, don't wash your belt because then you can see how long you've been training and that's where the old coloring system originally came from and all that. Like, don't don't listen to that. Wash your belt. <laughs> okay. Now, in terms of the rash guard and compression shorts, I suppose this isn't necessary. You can train without a rash guard. You can train without compression shorts, probably, you know, boxers instead or something along those lines. You could use a t-shirt instead of rash guard. I would highly recommend training with the compression shorts and rash guard. It's just going to be so much easier. You're going to deal less with the t-shirt getting soaked full of liquid and getting all saggy and heavy. You're going to deal less with the t-shirt becoming ripped and needing to find a new t-shirt. You're just going to run through. It's really hard on those kind of normal clothes. You're going to run through them really quick. And they're going to be uncomfortable, too. Like, if you're using boxers instead of compression shorts, they're going to ride up and get all bunched up. Don't mess with it. Just go straight to the compression shorts and the rash guard and just get a couple sets. You can usually find, like, a Target. They uh, have an active wear section, and you can find a 50% off rack and just get some generic brand. It doesn't have to be Nike, right? I mean, no one's going to see this stuff. So just get something cheap, at least at the start. And then you can, you know, start investing from there. Additionally, the nice thing about getting the rash guard and compression shorts is that it's going to translate really well to nogi, which is what we're going to talk about next. So you're going to probably need those if you're going to do the nogi thing. And you may just need a couple other extra items to use in conjunction with that, such as board shorts or some sort of shorts without pockets. That's going to be the main key there. Something that is form-fitting, kind of tight doesn't have pockets, especially doesn't have zippers. Don't get board shorts with zippers. You're going to end up puncturing the mats. Uh, you don't want the pockets because people's hands and fingers can get caught in there. And you also won't be able to use them for competition because they're going to say they have pockets, not allowed, can't compete, go find a different uniform. Some people also use leggings when they're doing no gi or even underneath their gi pants. And there's some gyms like 10th Planet that are, uh, really look cool. I mean, they have a lot of really neat looking uniforms because um, you can just really customize those leggings really well. And especially the rash guards, you can get custom rash guards. So maybe it has your gym's logo. Maybe it has some neat pattern. 
you can actually end up having a lot of fun with it. But again, you can also do it very inexpensively. And if you're just looking to get started and you don't have a ton of money to work with, I would just recommend going to a place like Target, finding some cheap stuff on the 50% off rack or whatever it ends up being, and going from there. You might be able to find something at Goodwill as well, another place to look. Uh, if you have to go to Walmart, do that. You know, whatever you got to do to make sure you can just get in there on the mats, start training, and then start investing in higher quality stuff uh, once you know that you're going to be in the sport for a long time. So in the blog, I mentioned this at the start, but I wanted to wait and mention this at the end in the podcast. Um, a laundry wash bag is going to be another really helpful thing to have. And I'll give you a reason why. My washing machine has an agitator, and when I put my geese in there, the belt gets looped around it, wrapped around the agitator, and it is a pain to get that thing out. One time I had to buy an extension for my socket wrench just to unbolt the darn thing because it had gotten so wrapped around in there that it was like feeding all the way down through the bottom. Um, so what I started doing was I started putting it inside the, the rash guard and kind of loosely tying the rash guard and uh, so that the holes were covered up and then putting it in there like that. So the rash guard still ends up getting washed. Um, the belts eventually fall out, but they fall out kind of later in the stage when they're no longer in danger of wrapping up. Occasionally they get a little wrapped up, not as much anymore. Also, the drawstrings on the gi pants will also get wrapped up around the agitator. Um, I need to get a, a laundry wash bag. I had one at one point. I don't have it anymore. It just got wore out. Um, they're just little mesh bags that um, still allow the water to get through and, and allow your clothes to get washed, but they just kind of keep everything in there. And I would highly recommend one of those. I'm going to pick one up as soon as I get paid, and it's going to be amazing. I'm so looking forward to not having to unwind <laughs> my belt from the agitator anymore, and it will just save you a huge headache. So highly recommend it. Don't be like me. <laughs> Go get one right now. I also want to cover... A couple of the things that I didn't talk about in the blog and as I'm thinking about it I might go back and amend it or write another one with these additional elements because these are just as important and I don't know if these are things that are talked about as much for newer people to jujitsu. The first is toenail clippers and fingernail clippers. You really want to make sure you're keeping your toenails and fingernails super short. You don't want to be scratching your partners during rolling and if you've ever been scratched by a training partner, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. And some of these cuts can get pretty gnarly, and so you want to be making sure that you're keeping your, your fingernails and toenails trimmed. Another thing is if you wear contacts, then make sure you're keeping an extra set of contacts lens and a little thing of contact solution, either in your car or in your gym bag. I don't know how many times uh, my contact lens has popped off on the mat and you want to make sure that you're washing your hands before you pop that thing back in. <laughs> you do not want to get an eye infection from just popping it in if it falls on the mat. So make sure you're washing your hands and then putting, you know, making sure you're cleaning it in the contact solution, maybe even just throwing away the lens and grabbing another lens. You know, I'll, I'll leave that up to you for the judgment call, but at the very least, please don't just pick it up off the mat and pop it right back in. This is actually another entirely other article I've been thinking about writing is <laughs> how jiu-jitsu works for people who wear glasses or contacts because there's like a whole art to avoiding getting your glasses broken 
and I, I think that would probably warrant its own topic at some point. So I think that is enough general advice for the time being. I, I'm sure there's more we can touch on at a later date, uh, but I wanted to keep this pretty high level and just kind of give you a general scope of things that you might find useful to accumulate, the gear you might find useful as you're getting started in jujitsu. You're probably not going to go out and run and buy all of it at first, but as you keep practicing, keep training, you're going to find these little extra things. Like you're going to start buying rolls of tape. You're going to start buying probably like a first aid kit, you know, stuff to patch up these various dings and bruises, and aches and pains. And you're going to start to accumulate your own kit. So tell me what I missed. The tape probably being the first one. I just mentioned it right there, but I didn't talk about it. Tell me what else I missed, and we can write a blog on it, we can do a podcast on it down the road. Uh, the next thing we're going to be talking about uh, in the next episode is what you need to know before your first BJJ class. And so this one will be talking about kind of what you're going to expect when you go to your first class, what you should be prepared to bring, and just a general rundown of how the class might go. This concludes our podcast, but I appreciate you sticking around for the whole episode. I hope you enjoyed yourself, and please leave a review or send me a message to let me know what you thought. In order to make ends meet, I do sell ad space on the website. I also promote affiliate links to products that I think are worth endorsing and accept donations through Patreon. If you ever want to contribute, your support is greatly appreciated, but don't feel pressured to give anything that you can't afford to anyone ever. Until next time, tap early, train often, and most importantly, have fun.